0: Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck.
1: Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, welcome back to the Masson All Access Podcast, your dynamic duo, Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano. Now the dynamic trio. We're joined by Massons Dan Kolko, on-field reporter for the Washington Nationals at Masson Kolko on Twitter and podcast host, radio host, TV host. We'll get into all the stuff that you do, Dan, but thank you so much for taking the time out your time out of your day to join us. We know the Nationals Opener against the Dodgers just got postponed. You want to get out of here, enjoy the time off that you have, but we really appreciate you stopping by and giving us a couple of minutes for your time.
2: You guys are cutting into my ability to have an alcoholic beverage or...
0: I, I am we looking are. forward to jo- so joining
1: I'm, you in that too uh, okay this so, is um, actually
0: an intervention uh, you <laughs> should stop having those alcoholic beverages <laughs> thanks
1: we're going mom <laughs> for the record we did offer to do this at another time if you wanted to get out of here but you said let's just knock it out and happy so to spend some time with you guys. we're very gracious yeah. uh, again at MassonCoco on Twitter host of the Between Innings with Dan Coco podcast at BI with DK on Twitter so give that a follow too also host Nat's Insider on 106.7 The Fan every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock you can also check them out on very Masson and MLB Network programming. Um, Dan, you are, as I just mentioned, a jack of all trades. You are, if someone, if you were a baseball player, you would be a five-tool player because <laughs> you side li- you're a sideline reporter. You host on Nats Extra and Master Corresponding. Uh, you also host a podcast. You host a radio show, and you've also worked on the Nats Beat as a writer. How does one juggle? so many different shows and talents and, and, and responsibilities covering one team?
2: Well, it it I'll answer it seriously first. I mean, it's all, if you are able to talk about sports or about baseball, the, the uh, skills that you use kind of translate across all platforms. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm doing my sideline reporting, uh, it's really just a smaller version of what I'm doing on the set when I'm hosting our Nats extra pre and post game show, Mm -hmm. which is a smaller version of what I'm doing on my podcast or radio show, which is a longer format. It's really just the ability to talk in an educated fashion about the team that you cover and you tweak it a little bit depending on the platform, depending on what that specific job requires. But in general, you just have to be knowledgeable about what you're discussing. And so um, that's my my serious answer. My my kind of lighthearted answer is that if they're gonna give me an opportunity to talk about sports for a living, I'm gonna take have it and I'm gonna it. I'm gonna have fun. I mean, yeah. like honestly, this is this is, you know, what we all dreamed of as kids yeah. is the ability to be around professional sports. And, you know, it. for me, I wanted to play professional sports. I wasn't nearly talented <laughs> enough to do that. So what's the next best thing? It's, it's covering it and it's being around the team and it's traveling with the team. And um, I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to to do what I have for Masson and there have been some other opportunities over the last couple of years that have presented themselves so if someone's going to give me a chance to, to talk about the Nationals, to talk about sports, um, I'm going to smile and I'm going to do it.
0: That's fair enough. Uh, I mean, you you also, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Drake, but he did write, write a song about you in which he says, started from the bottom, and now you're here. <laughs> and it, as somebody who started... The Dan Coco story. That, that is the Dan Coco story. As somebody who started, at, really, you've been with Mass in pretty much your whole career. You started out as an intern and worked your way up uh, and you know uh, had the dream of being on air and achieved it. Um, how did that come about, that you were able to... Uh, get up to this point and do you consider yourself lucky to, to have gone gotten here
2: absolutely i mean it's an incredibly competitive field and anytime that you're able to to have some level of success whatever it is i think there are uh so many other people that would like to have whatever opportunity you've been granted yeah. so uh, i certainly feel fortunate um you know my situation i, I think any time someone gets gets put in a position in this industry, a lot of it comes from hard work and a lot of it comes from luck as well. And I, I was in a situation where right out of college uh, at the University of Delaware, I worked at Comcast Sportsnet in Bethesda doing some freelance production work and was looking around for full-time jobs and uh, contacted uh, our boss, my former boss, your guys' current boss, Spiro Alafasos, oh, yes. uh, who, He'll be delighted to hear he
0: got his name. Yeah,
2: well, he pays me to, to mention <laughs> his name. He's he's really all about himself. He's shameless, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. Um, totally selfish. But Doesn't help
0: anybody else. No, no he's the anybody.
2: worst boss possible. But when I got in contact with him, Masson was totally redoing their website mm-hmm. and kind of doing it from scratch. And Spiro was in charge of that and brought me on to kind of do a little bit of everything. I I was multimedia director of the website, even (laughs) though I'm not a particularly tech-savvy person. Uh, I got offered that job, and I said yes, and I learned as much as I could, and I did as much as I could. Got the opportunity to write a little bit, uh, showed that I could do that, and turned that into a chance covering The Ravens as as our website's beat writer, and I did that for four years, and then an opportunity came to cover The Nationals as a beat writer. So for me, it was about finding a network that was willing to let me try things and Mm -hmm. grow and then any opportunity that came available capitalizing on it and not maybe focusing on the elements of that job that I wasn't particularly uh, experienced with but just being open to learning and trying as I went and working hard. And uh, I'm a firm believer in this industry and really any any industry, but especially this one, that if you work really hard and you treat people well, then things will work out for you. And I I like to think that I've uh, done both of those things and it's been a lot
1: of fun. Obviously, people know you for the... Sideline reporting and being on TV or TVs, Mass and Dan and, and and stuff like that. But I don't think people understand, at least people outside, maybe you know, the press box or in our web studio or your personal people who are close to you, how much you actually meant to not just the the nationals, but Mass in particular and the Mass and web studio and like. Paul and I were talking before we started recording, like we still use like a lot of your logins on almost every program that we have to use for our web studio. And, you know, you set the foundation for us and Sarah Perlman and Olivia Witherite to do stuff like Mass and All Access and and the social media and the multimedia that we do on our website and and our, our different platforms. So like, I think that's very cool. And it shows to you as a person how you're not brand loyal, but a loyal guy, Whereas, like, you know, you've been treated right here and, and you've been given opportunities and you stuck around and you work hard and you build your way up to where you are now.
2: That's something that Spiro talked to me about when I first got the op- the, the job is, you know, he, he likes, I'm sure you guys have, have heard him use this uh, analogy before, but he, he calls it like a sandbox. <laughs> and yeah. you know, you're given, you're given the sandbox, you're given these opportunities and you know work with them and make of them what you will yeah. and the opportunity is there, and, and you know, Masson, as I've said, has treated me very well and given me a lot of opportunities, and I am very proud, you know, now that I'm not working specifically with the website, but more on the TV side, at seeing what has taken off with, with the web and the social media and all the guys, the, the work that you guys and, and Olivia and Sarah are continuing to do. Uh, the reach that, that that element has online and on social media is enormous. You guys know it. and. Uh, I think that's one thing that Masson does incredibly well is focus on that area and um, churn out quality content and hire hardworking, talented young people who are willing to bust their ass and yeah. um, make something of it. And so it's it's a tribute to to you guys that that uh, that element has can continued to grow and we've continued to see the the benefits of it. So um, yeah, I'm I'm very proud to you know, not to make myself sound old, I feel old sometimes, but to, to have come from that, that area, and uh, I'm incredibly proud of what it's continued to be and, and how you guys have continued to grow it.
0: Well, the way that you have taken, you know, what you've been given in the sandbox and turned it into what you have on the field, I think it's interesting because you have always shown, you know, throughout the years here, that you're not just reporting, you're having fun out there. I mean, no matter whether you're going down the slide in Milwaukee, running the president's race, how much of that matters to you that I'm not just going to tell the stories of the ball club, I'm going to tell it in a fun and entertaining way and I'm going to have fun doing it too.
2: To me, it's incredibly important. It's also a very delicate balance because you don't want to be the one who's doing that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. and not taking your job seriously or yeah. not covering the team in the way that you should. So I I would like to think that I balance those two aspects um, well. Baseball is different than other sports in that there's 162 games. There's so much content. There's so much, you know, time that you're around these these players, these coaches that you're in people's living rooms yeah. that yeah, it's important to take things seriously and to cover a team and uh, the key storylines and what it uh, the ups and the downs, that's that's all important. But you can do that every single day and wear yourself out and um, find yourself caught in a trap of just going through the motions every day. Yeah. So I think it's important to do all that stuff while also trying to have a little fun <laughs> along the way, whether it's, you know, the the visible goofy stuff like the slider, the president's race or whatever it may be or just you know, for me doing a a lighthearted in-game report from time to time or or pregame hit about, you know, I did one a couple of years ago about the art of a Gatorade bath, where <laughs> I interviewed a couple of relievers. The Nationals were on a string of like, you know, five walk-off wins in a row or whatever, and I talked to a couple of relievers about how they uh-huh. try and approach the Gatorade bath right. when they're getting the guy who's right. my walk-off interview. I remember interview, that, they, actually. So, you know, something like that, or, uh, you know, talking to, doing a poll of the clubhouse about their favorite baseball movie. <laughs> you know, it doesn't all have to be, well, I'm working on my curveball recently and I feel like I've got a good grip and, yeah. you know, I've adjusted it, that stuff's important and I try and provide that, yeah. but I think there's a mix that ideally uh, someone in my type of role can provide of the, the important nitty-gritty baseball stuff while also the, the lighthearted elements that some of these players are willing to share.
0: Yeah, and I think something that you know a lot of can get lost by a lot of reporters too is it's sports. It's entertainment. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's meant to entertain people. It's not just meant to be the same grind as a political grind It's you know, or any other kind of beat that you're reporting on. It's sports. It's baseball. These guys take it very seriously, as they should. Yeah. But
2: they're they're playing a game for a living. Yeah. And I'm covering a game for a <laughs> living. Yeah. So you're right. It is important to have that mindset as well.
1: I think you do. I'll, I'll give you credit, Dan. I think you do do a great job of balancing all of that because, like you said, you are doing like the fun uh, stuff like on the side, but then you're also doing like in depth. Interviews with Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg, how they grip the ball, have to throw their fastball or their curveball, slide or whatever. You're also on the field with uh, FB Santangelo, you know, demonstrating how to turn a double play, or you know how the field, depending on what field they're playing on, how that could affect an infielder. So like I, I do think you do a great job, and I think the fans would recognize that because you do do the goofy stuff. You also do like you know the regular reporting stuff, like here's who's hurt, here's when he's coming back, and they also do like more in-depth baseball stuff. You cover, like you said, 162 games. There's a lot to cover, and I think you do a great job. So I, kudos to. You. You for that. Appreciate um, you. Um, so, like I said, five-tool player. You got all the all the what have you, that you've done. Would you say you enjoyed the most in terms of like sideline reporting, hosting podcast, radio show, TV, whatever what have you? Uh, writer and what have you? Did you find that was more challenging than you would have expected?
2: I really enjoy when I get the opportunity to be on set, whether it's me filling in for Johnny Holiday hosting our Mm -hmm. our pre and post game show, or it's me filling in for Ray Knight as the analyst on our pre and post game show now. Both of those guys. Big shoes to fill. Both of those guys, incredibly large shoes to yeah, fill. I yeah. mean, Johnny Holiday has been doing this forever. He's a, yep. he's a legend in this area. And Ray Knight is a World Series MVP. So yeah. when I fill in for Ray, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm in a completely different universe in terms of baseball knowledge, but I approach it in a much different way than he does yeah. right. when he's in that seat. Um, that's always very fun for me because in my role as a sideline reporter, you know, I do a pre-game segment every day on our show. Yeah. You know, that's maybe, what, minute and a half long, two minutes long. I, I do in-game reports, a few of them in a game that are maybe 30 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And I work hard to provide, you know, insight and uh, information for those reports. Yeah. But those are in very small segments. When I'm on the set, I get an opportunity to engage with whoever is with me, Johnny or Ray, depending on who I'm filling in for, and, and break down the game maybe in depth a little more or cover things from a a different perspective. And, um, and just that allows me to showcase my personality maybe a little bit more when I know that I'm going to be on for an hour that day, a half hour pre half hour post as compared to, you know, five minutes. That's kind of the nature of the sideline reporting job. So I I like the chances to do that. That's been a lot of fun for me and very rewarding. Um, the, I, I don't know that I've done anything. I've been fortunate that I don't think I've gotten any job. Um, thus far in my career that I really haven't enjoyed, I will say that I I never fashioned myself a writer, a true Mm -hmm. writer uh, coming out of college. My, My goal, my intentions were always to be on air, to be on television, and... The writing, when I was doing it, both covering the Ravens and covering the Nationals, I enjoyed it, but to me, it was always kind of, it served a purpose. It was kind of a means to an end to try and leverage that into an on-air job, right. whether at Masson yeah. or, or elsewhere down the road. Um, the writing was was a challenge because it's every day. Um, it requires, and you know, I, I travel with the team now. My schedule is difficult, but it's it's different when you're writing. You're staying... You know, an hour after the game, an hour and a half after the game to transcribe quotes and to put together a post game story. Then you're up the next morning to write a pre game blog and, you know, to try and churn something out later on in the day, possibly. Um, There's always, and then you might be out to dinner with a girlfriend or with your family, and then news breaks, and you need to, you know, (laughs) either head home and write on your laptop or punch something up on your cell phone, whatever it is. So that to me was always a challenge, and the fact that I I think that my writing skills improved in my time writing, um, but I, I never. Saw myself as a true writer, mm-hmm. um, yeah. a capital J journalist, <laughs> breaking news, and and um, really embracing that element. So uh, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't really what I saw myself doing. If that answers your yeah, question yeah, in yeah, some yeah.
1: way, definitely. And it was also wasn't there one year where you were doing both sideline reporting and the beat writing? So that must have been a difficult year for it
2: you. It was. Yeah, that was 2014, my first year that I got the chance to do the sideline reporting and um, a
1: division-winning season too. So yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that was a challenge. Uh, I got a lot of help. From our mass and crew, who you know, on getaway days when the team leaves, you know, an hour after a game ends, I wouldn't have time to write a post-game story. So, any number of of people in our I, I, you probably helped me at some point along the way, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> they have with, you
1: transcribed?
2: Yeah. yeah. So um, that was a challenging year, but it was also an incredibly fun year for me because that was the first year that I really got to to be, you know, it's different when you cover a team as compared to traveling with the team. You right. feel, um, you know, you're, you're a part of the TV broadcast that, you know, Nationals fans are tuning in and they're seeing your face whether they want to or not. Um, in my case, not. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, come on. that, beard? that you're, beard? You're embedded with the team. You travel with them. You're at the hotel. You, yeah. you feel like you're in some very small way a part of things. Yeah. And so that year, while challenging and, you uh, Requiring a lot of work was an incredibly fun year for me. I'm yeah.
0: glad you brought that up in terms of you know your relationship with the team because it's definitely grown a lot and the relationships you've had with some of the guys that have been here during the whole time that you've had that sideline reporting job. Do you have any? Obviously, you know your relationship with Jason Worth was well documented on camera. Getting a beer poured on you in clubhouse, getting you know any kind of cursing happening <laughs> in, into <laughs> there the There is
1: no wrong pipe. I have that T-shirt by the way. Oh. oh yeah, a, there is no wrong pipe. That's right. There's the a Kevin great Franz bobblehead too great line.
0: Of, of you and Jason Worth. Mm-hmm. Also, that um, uh, Olivia Witherite, our one of our coworkers, has the heads cut off accidentally. Uh, I don't that's know if you've seen the picture. A a cruel, <laughs> that's a little cruel.
1: I don't know if she did it on purpose.
0: Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> on that note, do you besides you know Jason and some of the guys that are obvious? Do you have you built any special relationships with with some of the players or coaches? Of course, your- yeah, of course. Um, mm-hmm it's hard not to, honestly, um,
2: because you are around them so much, <laughs> whether it's the clubhouse, whether it's, you know, me being stationed right there next to the dugout, um, and them having the opportunity to mess with me during my reports <laughs> during games. I even um, sure, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And Anthony Rendon and many others. Yeah. Um, so yeah, of course I would say, you know, Jason and I got along very well, and um, he he maybe kind of treated me like a little brother, and that he would mess with me a lot, (laughs) and and things like that. But um, there's lots of guys that I've I've built good relationships with. I mean, Max Scherzer, in just his you know three plus years here, he and I get along very well. Gio Gonzalez, his first year with the Nationals, 2012, was my first year covering the Nationals (laughs) in in a writing capacity. His birthday is either one or two days before or after me, so we always oh, make wow. sure to wish each other a happy birthday around that time. <laughs> um, and and to the day, too, we were born in the same year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard not to, and um, the, it, it's important to make sure that those relationships don't get in the way of your job and you're still able to ask whatever questions you feel like you have to. Yeah. Um, but that has been one of the truly enjoyable parts of the job for me is getting to getting to know these guys beyond just what they do between the lines, getting to know them as human beings and, you know, their families too. When when, uh, when Ryan Zimmerman's wife Heather and their daughters are around, you know, his, his eldest daughter Mackenzie will come up. She calls me Dan Toto, and she'll come up and, <laughs> and give <laughs> me a adorable. high five. That's and about um, yeah, so it's it that's that's been a lot of fun for me yeah. too.
1: On that note, I'll uh, kind of just switch gears. And then, Dan, I know you want to get out of here, so we'll try to make this quick. But um, you and I are both local guys. Both grew up mm-hmm. in Silver Spring, Maryland. Yep. Um, and now, I mean, I'm sure you get told all the time. I get told all the time how lucky we are to cover our local hometown team. I'm just wondering your thoughts on the whole stigma of not cheering the press box. I get you shouldn't cheer in the press box. But maybe, like, the local... Reporters or media members in the media who support the team, you know, outwardly, and and obviously there's a line where you know you can't be too biased, but especially with your the hometown call, you know, you're on Masson's call. How do you feel about people in the media supporting the team that they cover, even even on their own personal time?
2: I think there's very different categories here, and this is the way that I view it, and I, I would stand to say that that this is how most people who are in this press box on a daily basis feel about it there are there's the category of true beat writers who cover the team you know chelsea Janser jorge from the post jamal collier from mlb.com yeah. uh, mark and byron who cover the team for our website they are here to report on the team and if there's negative things to write about they they have to write about them yeah. they have to remain unbiased they're not here to cheer they're not here to root and truly, if they're doing their job well, they shouldn't. Uh, they shouldn't care whether the team does well or does poorly. It's probably in their better interest, professionally, if people are reading what they're writing more and are more invested. So it probably helps them if the team wins more mm-hmm. than not. But they—they're the type of people that I would put in the category of unbiased. You know, not rooting for the team at all. Then there's the broadcasters. You know, Bob, FP, and myself who, you know, might not root for the team in the sense that we're not, you know, you listen to a broadcast, none of the three of us are cheering when something positive happens, but we are part of the nationals television broadcast. We're the rights holders and fans don't want Bob Carpenter calling a a Dodgers home run against the Nats with the same vigor and excitement that he does an Anthony Rendon home run. That would sound weird, that that would upset people. And I understand that so we i would say are kind of skewed towards the the positive side uh you know wanting the team to do well we're invested we travel with these guys it helps us when the team is doing well uh, guys are upbeat we want them to do well but we're not going to cheer right then there's other types of media members and you know I, i'm i'm not judging anyone who fits into this category and anyway i'm not speaking negatively but you'll see you know local sports uh, reporters, whether it's on Channel 4, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 5, here in DC, that will wear Nats and Caps t-shirts yeah. on the air when yeah. they're doing their reports. Right. And they're openly rooting and they're saying, let's go Caps. Um, radio hosts are kind of, you know, maybe somewhere in between. There's a lot of different categories. And so I don't judge anyone who fits into a any of those. Um, I know where I stand and where I'm expected to stand. and. I feel comfortable in that area. Yeah. I, I want the team to do well. I want DC sports fans to have something to cheer about, and Nationals fans to have something to cheer about. Um, and I'm invested in the product, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go beyond what I feel is is appropriate.
1: Yeah, totally understandable, and I, I agree. I guess it's more, for me, it's just more of a point. Like, uh, you know, I don't expect the beat writers to. I feel like they should be biased and follow that line. You know, I don't expect them to sugarcoat. Should not be biased. You're saying? No, no. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm, I, I don't think they should sugarcoat when something goes bad. You know, like they shouldn't. They have to do their job and report what's actually happening. I get sure. that. But I can also, I think I can tell. Like as when I'm not on, on at work, I can tell when like a reporter or someone is, is obviously pointing out the negative as opposed to looking at the positive, and and you can tell that they're not. From this area, they they don't really care about the team. They they're just here to cover the team. You know, is that does that make sense? And 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 like to me as a fan, I would prefer to listen to the hometown call or or read someone's articles who I know has an emotional investment into the team like I do. And would and like yes, this is bad, but you know, look on the bright side. Here we have this. Not to be the first one to point out something that negative happened. Does that make sense to you?
2: It does. Um, I don't know that there are. And I know that there are some that exist, certainly, that enjoy you know, shocking people, the shock jock mm-hmm. type of label, uh, and getting people riled up by having a negative mindset. I don't know that there are necessarily media members who would think that they enjoy being the one to take the negative um, point of view. There are certainly people who think that they're gonna cover things totally evenly. And if things are going badly, they're gonna talk about those bad things and they're maybe not gonna try and spin things positively because they don't feel a need to. Their job is to cover the team and what's happening. And if what's happening is negative, they're gonna cover the negative. And when things are positive, they're gonna cover the positive. So I certainly understand where fans come from. I also understand where (laughs) media members come from. And, that's, that's the beauty of it, especially in this day and age, is there's so much coverage out there that people can seek out whatever it is that, that fits them and, and they're looking for.
0: Yeah. Uh, I sure, want to make sure I get this in. Also, we, Bobby talked about you being a five-tool player. One of those tools is podcasting as well. Tell us about your podcast Between Innings. It's a lot of fun. Um, I got brought
2: the opportunity to do it last year before the season started. So this is now uh, season two. Of between innings, and it's great. Uh, John Harvey, who produces our pre and post game show on Mass and our Nats Extra show, uh, is my producer of that show and kind of the, the secondary voice on the on the podcast. And we're buddies. We, you know, he travels with us during the season, so we tell funny stories from the road. Um, we try and keep it light with a variety of social conversations, <laughs> but we talk nitty gritty baseball too, and we discuss everything that's happening with the team. And I try and um, use that platform to provide. A different side to players or coaches, or you know, show showcase an yeah. interview that you know maybe we could show two and a half minutes of on Masson, right? But on the podcast, I can air all 12 minutes of it, yeah. yeah. And that's the beauty of you know a medium like this is you can make of it whatever you want to. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed kind of mixing the baseball and the fun, and uh, I
1: I enjoy it a lot. And so. that's why we love it to you. At BI with DK, between innings with Dan Colco podcast on Twitter. Um, baseball talk real quick before we get in. There's obviously no game today. Doubleheader on Saturday and a game on one, uh, 135 on Sunday. But we did get some news on Matt Wieter's situation. He had surgery on Wednesday, I believe it was. Um, and he got his diet was flayed back coming home. Uh, what update do you have on Matt Wieter's? And what do you think about the catching situation with Pedro Severino?
2: No real update as of right now, but hamstring uh, surgeries are not typically, uh, you know, minimal timetables for a return. That's that's typically something that's going to knock a player out for a while. We yeah. certainly hope, you know, that that Matt recovers well and maybe we see him later on the season. We're not yet sure of a timetable. Um, Pedro Severino has done a really nice job this season when given the opportunity, and the Nationals are going to lean on him heavily now. He's been effective offensively. Pitchers have raved about what he's done in terms of improvements calling a game and his work behind the plate. He's really uh, invested in working with them and learning sequences, learning what they wanna do, and watching film to game plan against opposing hitters, which is incredibly important. So he's done a nice job. And now this will, in essence, be a tryout for Pedro. Is he capable of being the national starting catcher? For the rest of the season, he has a chance to show it now. Um, The Nationals will monitor the trade market, certainly. They're kind of thin on catching depth right now. And do they go out and get a starting catcher? Do they go out and get a veteran backup? We'll see. Uh, Mike Rizzo is going to do, as he loves to say, (laughs) his due diligence and see what's out there. A lot of lines in the water. got, Got a lot of lines in the water, a lot of balls in the air and we'll see what happens, but this is, this is a really good opportunity now for Sevi to, to show what he can do.
0: Yeah. Finally, Dan, a personal thing. You got the night off now. Mm-hmm. It's, they, fortunately, they didn't start this game and then delay it and keep us all in limbo. What are you gonna do with your uh, Friday night off? It's a rarity for you.
2: I'm gonna have a social life, believe it or Look not. Look at that, that's, that's right. something that, Dan yeah.
1: Coco has a social life. How wow. about that? In they, May, nonetheless.
2: I know, yeah. I know. Normally I have to flip that switch off for about yeah. seven yeah. months out <laughs> of the year. Uh, but this week has allowed me the opportunity to see some friends <laughs> and watch some Caps games and uh, and enjoy, beverages? Yeah, you know, maybe just one. You know, oh, okay, I don't okay. like one to overindulge. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it'll be uh, nice to get a little, little Breath of fresh air away from baseball, and then we'll dive right back in.
1: Right. Well, Dan, thank you again so much for stopping by and, and joining us on on this, what's turned out to be a night off. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, boys. Thanks so much. Dan Colco, Mass Masson All On Field Report for the Nationals, at Masson Coco on Twitter, at Dan Coco on the Instagram, um, and between innings with Dan Coco podcast, Nats that's Insider 1067, the fan, every Saturday morning at 8. Paul Mancano, at Paul Mancano on, on Twitter, sorry, and uh, at Bobby underscore Blanco is me on the Twitter. Um, Uh, Give us a follow and uh, give uh, Mass and All Access podcast a follow on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever you may find podcasts. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you later.
0: See ya.